0: I'm a big fan of saying start with whatever the, the simplest tool or simplest system that will will get the job done for you and only get more oh you know fancy if if you find that you need it.
1: Power to live more with Joe Dodds.
2: Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well being, energy, and resilience.
1: My name is Ellie Dodds and I am co-presenter and today Jo is interviewing Laura McClellan. Jo has been listening to Laura's own podcast, The Productive Woman, for many years and often wanted to invite her onto us. She finally decided to just ask and here we are and, as you'll hear, Joe is a bit of a fan of Laura's. Laura is a lawyer, a writer, a productivity enthusiast and a tech geek. Married for more than 40 years to her high school sweetheart, with whom she's raised five amazing kids. She's passionate about encouraging women in their individual journeys as people, wives, mothers, and citizens. For the past six years, Laura's hosted The Productive Woman, a weekly podcast about productivity for busy women. The Productive Woman exists to help the listener find the tools and encouragement she needs to manage her time, life, stress, and stuff, so she can accomplish the things she cares about and make a life that matters. To further that goal, Laura facilitates mastermind groups and offers personalized productivity coaching for women who are seeking support, encouragement and accountability in identifying and pursuing their most cherished goals. Laura and her husband Mike live in rural North Texas where they're Yorkie and a cranky calico cat and they always look forward to visits from their grandchildren and their eight, so far, grandchildren. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Laura McClellan of The Productive
2: Woman. Thanks for joining me, Laura. It's great to speak to you after all this time of listening to your to your podcast.
0: <laughs> well, I am delighted to be here, so thank you for having me.
2: So start by telling us a bit about who you are, what you do, and where you do
0: it. Well, I, am a, uh, I, I live in North Texas in the United States. I am a, a lawyer by training, and that's my day job. And um, I practice real estate law, working with commercial real estate clients. And uh, then on the side, so to speak, I host a podcast, as you mentioned, called The Productive Woman. It's about productivity for busy women. And uh, you know, in connection with that, I, I kind of have a community of people that have grown up around that and I interact with them. I, I do some productivity coaching and uh, host masterminds from time to time. And uh, just that, that sort of stuff. And and on the personal side, I've been married to my husband for over 40 years. We were, I, I always like to say, I was a child bride. Um, <laughs> we, were, we were 18 when we got married, and we have five grown children and eight grandchildren so far. So. Wow.
2: A <laughs> <The> whole community. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I'm. I've always been intrigued and I don't know if I've ever sort of heard the story about how you ended up doing the productive woman uh, work because, as you say, you're still uh, a lawyer and you still actively do lots there. I mean, when I listen to you, sometimes I um, hear how busy you are uh, and and yet you're doing a lot with the productive woman as well. So how did that come about and and how how do you sort of manage the two together?
0: Oh, great question. I started podcasting so the the productive woman launched almost six years ago. It will be six years on July first of this year and at the time, I was a, you know a much newer lawyer and uh, spending a lot of time with my legal practice i uh, anyone that knows lawyers know that the practice of law can consume your life if you let it. And I was kind of looking for something to do that wasn't related to the practice of law. And right around that time, a a blogger that I followed announced that he was launching a podcast, which is something I'd never heard of. But because I liked his blog, I decided to, uh, I would check out his podcast. I started listening to that um, from there, I found a couple of other podcasts that I liked and I got to thinking uh, about uh, maybe that would be something I could do. I, I like to talk, um, you know, I, it would be something that I thought I would enjoy. And uh, when I thought about what I would podcast about, the obvious choice kind of for me was something related to productivity because I've been a productivity nerd since I was you know, in middle school. I've always enjoyed Mm -hmm. reading books and about productivity and, um, you know, managing calendars and charts and all that sort of thing. And so I just uh, decided that would be the direction I'd go. I took a a course uh, from Cliff Ravenscraft, who is um, at the time was known as the Podcast Answer Man. And he had a 30-day course that took you from idea to a a launched podcast, and so I kind of learned how to do it from him and and the rest is history, I guess <laughs> and you you didn't
2: just stick with the podcast you 've created a, a whole community around it and and you, as you've mentioned, do the masterminding as well, so it's always like that thing about give a busy woman um, you know if you 're going to give anything to anyone, give it to a busy woman because you you've fitted yet more in. <laughs>
0: yeah well the my reason for doing it in part was um, you know that is the podcast was because i I wanted to help. Um, I came to the practice of law later in life. I had already had my children and you know done other things in life, and over the course of my career, I had many opportunities where young female lawyers would be in my office talking to me about how do you you know how do you practice law and have a family? You know These would be young women who were considering having a child or had their first child and trying to manage all that and um, I really enjoy helping people i to me, the value of the podcast isn't even so much that I like to sit in a room once a week and talk to myself in front of a <laughs> microphone but but i I wanted from the very beginning to hopefully create a community of women who could support one another in trying to make meaningfully productive lives. It's, you know, 21st century life is hard. Um, There are so many opportunities, so many commitments that we make. And my experience and the conversations I've had with women over the years is a lot of times we feel like whatever it is we're doing, we're not doing it right, and um, that everybody else has it figured out, and, and we are the only ones who are struggling. And what I wanted to do was make a space where we could say, you know what, we're all struggling. Nobody has all the answers, but if we put our heads together, if we can be transparent and open with one another about what works and what doesn't work, we can share ideas, and and every one of us will have a better opportunity to make the kind of life that we want to do. And so that was kind of the impetus behind the podcast and from there it it grew into how can I interact more with the women personally because the podcast is me talking but I want to I want to create community, I want to create a conversation. And so one of the things was these small mastermind groups that I that I facilitate from time to time some of it's been coaching it's the facebook group but ways where we can gather women together to talk about what's working what's not working where i'm struggling and where maybe you figured something out and vice versa so we can have these conversations and and support and encourage each other and hold each other accountable to the the dreams that we all you know want to pursue mm-hmm. so I'm intrigued as to where
2: this came from in terms of your sort of approach because one of the things that always strikes me when I listen to your podcast apart from when you do interview people occasionally is how much content you pull together for each of the shows and I always am in awe because I obviously cheat by just inviting people along and interviewing them (laughs) so I don't have to bring the content. um it's probably more pressure in the moment but uh but I you know I don't have to do all that prep work that you clearly do and that comes across with the quality of what you put out but also what's been interesting listening to you just now is I recognized everything you said because what you've said is who you are and how you always approach everything so did, is it is this naturally how you were have you honed your skill over the years uh did you did you, I don't know, think really carefully about how to do it and work to structure it or how, how, you know, you're so consistent with what you say and what you do and everything I hear about you and have done for the last however many years I've been listening to your podcast. How have you done that? How do you do that?
0: Well, I think some of it just has to do with living life. When I was young, as I mentioned, I have been a productivity nerd since I was very young and For me, when I was young, productivity was about getting things done, checking things off a to-do list, writing a list and checking those things off or doing something and then adding it to the list so I could check it off. And it was very much about production, about doing stuff. Mm -hmm. Over the course of my life, my perspective on what it means to be productive has changed. And some of that's my own experience. Some of it's conversations I've had with other women and men over the course of my life. Um, and so a lot of what I talk about on the podcast is an outgrowth of the things that I'm thinking about in my own life of how to make a life that matters to me. And and so, yeah, I, there's a lot of um, preparation that goes into the podcast into the, the episodes that I do when it's just me, but the ideas come from one of two places. Often it's something I'm thinking about myself, struggling with myself, trying to figure out how do I do this thing? How can I make this part of my life better and more reflective of what really is important to me? Other, other topics come from conversations in the Facebook group or emails that I get from listeners who say, here's something I'm struggling with, or could you talk about this? And uh, the ones I choose of those often are things that resonate with me that I say, oh, me too. I, that's something I want to learn more about. And so I'll you know kind of write down everything I know or think about whatever that topic is. And then I go out you know, onto the internet, uh, and books and things and find out what other people have said about it. Or I'll ask my community, what do you do about this thing? How do you, you know, get dinner on the table for your family every night when you're working all day or whatever the topic might be. Mm. Uh, What, what matters to me, what, what my kind of guiding principle for the podcast is to be transparent, to not try to pretend that I'm the expert because I'm not, I'm just a fellow traveler. We're all, uh, and I'm trying to remember who, who it is, where the quote came from that, you know, at the end of the day, we're all just trying to walk each other home. And that's what I, what I, that's how I live my life. And that's what I think is true. We're, we can pretend to be, experts. We can pretend to have it all figured out and that puts up obstacles or, you know, barriers between us and prevents us from learning from each other. Or we can be honest and say, all right, I'm, I'm doing all right in this area, but this thing over here, I, I just can't figure it out. I'm struggling. What do you know about that? And if we can be honest, and I don't mean wallow in our difficulties, but just be honest where, what works, what doesn't work, where we, where we feel good about things and where we're struggling, that honesty opens up um, the opportunity for a dialogue. We can learn from each other. And, and in that way, we all benefit. We all have the chance to make a better life for ourselves and for the people we care about.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and so i mean that that what you've just said then a better life for ourselves the people we care about you used the phrase before a life that matters and you talked about um having a meaningful life and being productive for that sort of purpose i i personally in my business talk about power to live more so that's um about productivity organization well-being energy and resilience and then living more is about getting to do more of the things you want to do and less of the things that uh, or, less of the stuff that you don't want to do or fewer of the things i have to get my grammar right <laughs> and um and and it, for me it's about now having and helping people to have successful businesses whilst getting to do the things that they want to do and and it strikes me that that's some of the sort of same sort of sentiment in in what you're doing but it's something that i think people find really difficult there's so much as you said talk about uh you know getting stuff done and and sort of hustling and and just doing more and being productive to get more done um rather than necessarily being productive to to do more of those things that are important to you how how do you think people can can identify and and work towards having that meaningful life and and uh, that life that matters uh, rather than just getting sort of caught up in doing stuff all the time
0: it really requires a lot of awareness and intentionality. Um, I think it's easy for us to want to dive in and just start doing things. Activity mm. feels like it's productive, but it's not necessarily productive if it's not moving you in the direction you want to go. And so I think to do that, to, to, to have a meaningful productivity you have to take a step back and ask yourself some, some important questions about what, what matters to you? What kind of life do you want to live? What kind of, and and even more important than that, I think is what kind of person do you want to be in this world? How do you want to show up in the world? and, asking yourself those questions and digging really deep into that, like what really matters to you? What what would, if your life was exactly the way you wanted it to be, what would it look like and why? why did Why do you want those things in your life? What kind of person do you want to be? What kind of, you know, employee or employer do you want to be what kind of parent do you want to be what kind of spouse do you want to be what kind of friend or citizen do you want to be thinking about those things and i i would say taking time you know with a cup of coffee or tea or your beverage of choice and a a notebook and pen and sitting down and writing just free flow writing about those things answering those questions for yourself that helps you identify What really matters most to you? And if you can describe for yourself what kind of life you want to live and what kind of person you want to be, then you can ask the next question is, what needs to change to get there? And often what needs to change to get from where I am to where I want to be is not to add more activity, but to subtract some things to recognize what am I doing that is not taking me to this place that I say I want to go. And how can I remove those things from my life so that I have more time and energy and attention to focus on the, the the activities, the, you know, whatever that moves me in the direction that I want to be going. Mm -hmm. Such a good
2: point. idea of of doing less and but also as you said getting really clear to begin with in in as to what's important so that sort of leads on to a question about how you uh and some people use the words work-life balance i don't like that word (laughs) i use work-life integration how you integrate the two because you know you've you've talked about how important your work is to you you've you've mentioned your family you've talked about having a meaningful life once you start to only focus on the things that you enjoy but there are a lot of those things it can actually get grow back up again to being lots of (laughs) activity um quite easily can't it how do you sort of balance all those things how do you um make sure that you're not working too much or or you know not spending enough time with the family or whatever i mean you've got a, a large family it must be
0: a challenge in itself to see everyone how do you do that well Sometimes I don't do it very well, Joe. I mean, I you know, that, the truth is it's not, uh, and I agree with you, the phrase work-life balance always makes me cringe a little bit because it implies that there's some sort of perfect balance of just the right amount of time for each thing. And I just, I don't think that exists. And so for me... What it, what it takes is constantly being aware of it, reminding myself, building time into my, my days and my weeks and my hours to, to take a step back and say, okay, is this thing I'm doing now in alignment with what I say is most important to me? Are the choices that I'm making reflective of who I say I want to be and what life I say I want to have and you know As you mentioned on the podcast and in life in general I talk about Making a life that matters and what that means is going to be different for everybody What kind of life you want to have is going to be different for everybody for me I've come to the conclusion that a life that matters almost always matters in relation to other people Uh, we are social creatures and so What matters to me is that I, you know, serve my clients well, that I connect well with my family, that I, you know, have friends that I am connected to and kind to. So I think about all those things all the time. And when I catch myself going down a path of of working too much, because as a lawyer, that's so easy to do. I um, I don't always have control over when the work comes to me because clients need what they need when they need it, and, and they don't know or care that I have something going on with my family. And so I've had to learn um, to manage expectations, my own and other people's, and just constantly be checking in with myself of, have I made time today for the people that matter to me? Am I spending too much time working and not enough time just resting or whatever else it is that I need to do? Uh, it's the it's making a practice of being aware of what I'm doing with my time and asking myself the questions about whether that serves me and the people that I care about mm. and I know that's mm. kind of vague and um you know it's not a not a very <laughs> precise answer but I I don't think we ever get there is the thing I think it's a lifelong journey and you know some days you do better than others yeah yeah absolutely
2: it was it was making me think of uh, sharpening the saw good old Stephen Covey so I, I think you know you may say that was you know not very clear I think you know if it's one of the seven habits of highly effective people that's fairly clear (laughs) (laughs) sorts of things you talked about from an early age being into lists and checking things off and calendars and things and and I have to say I, I was right there with you that's where my interest in all this stuff started as well uh how do you manage your time now how do you know what to do and how do you make sure you get done what you need to get done
0: well, I rely on certain tools and systems that I've put in place that have kind of developed over the years. I, um, you know, I maintain a calendar, and I use it a digital calendar for mine. So I, I'm a Mac geek, an Apple products geek, and so I have pretty much everything they sell. I have my iPhone and iPad, and and my my. Mac computers. And so I have a a calendar that syncs among all of those. And every appointment I have, every commitment I make that is, you know, specific to a day and time goes onto the calendar as soon as it's made. And I, I, you know, add um, relevant information into it. If it's a phone call that I'm scheduling, I put the phone number right there in the calendar entry so that when the time comes, everything I need is right there. If it's an appointment I'm going to, the address goes in there and all that sort of thing. And I set uh, alerts on them. So um, my calendar will ding at me when it's time for me to to do the next thing. And I've said for years, if if my calendar, I, I do what my calendar tells me to do. So when it dings at me, I get up and go where it tells me I'm supposed to be. And if it doesn't ding at me, I'll just keep doing whatever I'm doing and, and, and miss something. So it's very important to me to, to maintain that calendar. And aside from that, I have a, you know, a task management system that I use where any task that I've uh, decided I'm going to do goes in there. Any project that I'm working on gets broken down into tasks and it goes in there. And uh, I rely on those two tools to make sure that the right stuff gets done when it's supposed to get done. Mm. I'm trying to think if I, I remember
2: which tool that you use. Is it Nozbe or is that something that you've used? I
0: have used Nosby yeah. in the past and I really like it. I um, currently and for a long time have used OmniFocus as my oh, task. Yes. Yeah. Being, yeah, being the... The Mac thing which I, I I did almost dip
2: into when I when I finally went fully Apple and then I thought uh, no I don't need to change my my task uh app again because that's one of the things that I've always done in the past to procrastinate on <laughs> but yeah. uh so yeah I used yeah. to do this which I've done
0: for a long time as regular listeners will know but yeah, and I love to do this. I play with lots of different task managers, but mm-hmm. I make myself stick with my, you know, my primary uh, su- uh, task manager is OmniFocus, and that's where everything goes. But I play with others. I My justification is, well, that's part of my job as yes. a productivity podcaster <laughs> I have to know about these things. Uh, I could easily, you know, switch all the time and, the truth is, uh, any tool will work as long as you use it. And so the best tool, the best tool for project management, for calendar management, whatever, the best tool for you is the one you'll use. Mm. And so if it has the features you like, if you like the interface or the, you know, and and the interface may be a a paper calendar or, you know, a a note card on your desk that you write your tasks on. Mm. If it works for you, stick with it. Yeah, it's, it's fun to play with other things, but there's, you know, the only reason to change the tool you're using is if it's not working for you anymore. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I found interesting,
2: specializing productivity in terms of helping people in that some sort of people's offerings, whatever they might be teaching, it's, it's very structured and, you know, this is the way we do it. You follow it, you use all the things that we tell you to use and, you know, you'll get these results. So whatever that might be, whether that be, I don't know, writing a book or or um, selling your products or, or whatever. But I always think with productivity, that it's really difficult to say this is the way to do it. Because as you've just said, it's so individual and, and what works for one doesn't work for another. And we know how easy it is to sort of um, fall off the wagon, if you like, and stop using these things if they don't work for us. So I've never really been one for saying this is you know, how you must do it, or this is how I do it, therefore you must do the same because it works for me. Because it doesn't quite work like that, as you've said, does it?
0: Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. It's uh, And a lot of productivity experts can get very dogmatic about the system they've developed. Mm. And it might or might not work for you. I think um, I'm a big fan of saying start with whatever the, the simplest tool or simplest system that will will get the job done for you and only get more oh, you know fancy if if you find that you need it and so mm-hmm. for a lot of people a notebook that they carry in their purse or their pocket that they write their appointments on and their to-do list is fine and if you are getting the things done that you want to get done and nothing slipping through the cracks because you're using the system regularly, then then that's fine. that That works great, and and do that. If you need something more, then there are lots of options out there, and I really do believe any of them will work for you if you use it. If you yeah. are consistent with using it, there is no perfect productivity tool. Um, there there they all have pluses and minuses. Um, but I always say, you know, find one that you like the looks of it, and and stick with it for at least you know three or four months, using it consistently before you decide that it doesn't work and you've got to change mm. to something else. Yeah. So, what about uh, tools and apps that that
2: you use and and recommend? And again, you know, we'll preface that by saying <laughs> that they might not work for everyone else. But uh, what what are the sort of top top three or something that you would that you would say you couldn't live without uh, other than the ones you already said, obviously said, you said your calendar and, and uh, OmniFocus.
0: Yeah, there are, there are others. I think certainly as far as an app that I kind of, I don't think I could function without the, the first one that comes to mind for me is an app called text expander. Yeah, It is, uh, it's a, uh, it's kind of what it sounds like. It's a, a tool, an app, a service that lets you create abbreviations, what they call snippets. So just a few characters that will, when you type them anywhere, expand into something, you know, some longer bit of text so anything that you type multiple times uh, you can create a snippet for and save it in in text expander and then it's available to you wherever so for instance little thing for me i am a a licensed attorney in two different states and i have a what they call a bar number it's my attorney number in that state Uh, it's different in each state And I can't remember what it is, but I don't have to because I've set up a snippet and I just have to type two or three characters and it plugs that number in where I need it to be. Um, And so anything from that to email addresses that I use all the time or phone numbers or, um, you know, I I use it many, many times a day, all the way up to longer, you know, multiple Whole paragraphs that are formatted with drop-down options that I can fill in. I get lots of emails, as I'm I'm guessing you may, uh, from people who want to be guests on my podcast. And I have a a snippet that I've created that, um, when I type it into an email replying to them, puts in several paragraphs that explains what I look for in a guest and what the next steps would be and all that. Uh, So I don't have to retype it every time. I, I just um, type the snippet and in it goes. And I could yeah. go on and on about that, but I won't. But it's a great <laughs> tool. I use many, many, many times a day.
2: Yeah, I second that. <laughs> Definitely.
0: That's one. Other than that, it's kind of some of the usual sub- suspects. I use Dropbox a lot. That's where most of my documents are stored so that I can access, it's a cloud storage um, solution that uh, allows me to access you know whatever i 've saved there from any device anywhere in the world that you know that I log in on, um, so it helps me to be more mobile um, because what I have is available everywhere and I can also share files with other people. So I have a folder for each of my coaching clients where the um, notes and recordings of our sessions are saved so they can get access to them. Mm. That sort of thing. Yeah. So I mentioned before that you
2: really research your, Podcast, and, and for anyone listening, if you like productivity podcasts, which I'm hoping you do, as you're listening to this one, uh, I thoroughly recommend The Productive Woman. Um, but how do you find that information? And how do you sort of keep yourself learning and, and moving forward?
0: Well, I read a lot. Um, just in general, I've always been a bookworm since I was a very small child. And because I'm interested in um, productivity type topics and you know self improvement if you want to call it that I read lots of books um, to help my you know keep my mind active and to learn new things and so I get ideas from there um, and when it comes to a specific topic that i'm working on for an episode, uh, usually as I think I said earlier i 'll sit down and kind of just free flow, write down whatever I th- want to say about that particular topic, kind of the the points that I think I want to make or whatever I know about it. And then I'll go, you know, just Google whatever the topic is to see what other people have said about it. And I'll read lots of articles and, um, and get resources that way. I, again, for me, I like learning new things. I want I want to be you know, a better person today than I was yesterday. And for me, part of that is learning from the thinking of other people. And so whether it's articles on the internet or podcasts that I listen to, or YouTube videos, or books that I read, and my husband will tell you to his chagrin that I have literally thousands of books in in my house. Um, And always getting more and I'm usually reading two or three different books at a time um just just to learn and I love non I mean I read novels but I really like reading nonfiction and learning um, from the best thinking of other people
2: yes yeah what's that quote about um children and their is it their educational their relative intelligence or something and apparently it's all about how many books they have in the house when they're growing up your children obviously got got off to a good start. All <laughs> oh, those
0: thousands of books. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we had we had many many more when the kids were growing up. We always tried to read to them at bedtime, and you know we started out with the little short picture books, but we read you know longer novels. I remember reading through the the Chronicles of Narnia series when our kids were very very young. We would read. Mm a chapter every night at bedtime. And and those are, um, you know, C.S. Lewis is not a a, a simplistic writer. Um, And so you would think that small children wouldn't necessarily follow everything that's in there, but... They did, yeah. they loved the stories and they learned to kind of picture what was going on in the books as we read to them. And yeah, uh, that's something I miss. My daughter's 13 now, and
2: uh, it's been many a year since she's allowed me to read to her. But uh, I remember reading like Anne of Green Gables and, and things like that, which is quite ironic. That um, I think C.S. Lewis was English, wasn't he? And that uh, and um, whoever wrote. Anna Green Gables was American, so (laughs) we were obviously swapping uh, allegiances on that one. (laughs) So to finish off with my last couple of questions which I sort of admitted uh, before we came on that uh, I um, uh, may have possibly been influenced by the questions you asked on your podcast when I started out. So the the Well, first one is about what do you do on those days where it all goes horribly wrong when you have a day where it hasn't gone so well. How' do you deal with those
0: uh, so, Some days I deal with them better than others <laughs> <laughs> and it you know it's funny i i i I was thinking about this question because you mentioned that you would be asking it and um i I jokingly have said for many years that no matter what question you ask a lawyer the answer is always going to be the same. And that answer is, well, it depends. (laughs) Uh, And it really, how I react or what I do on those days depends on what it is that didn't go well and why. Sometimes um, it, the day has gone badly because I have responded badly, whether because I'm tired or just impatient or whatever, that I didn't cope well with certain things. And if that's the situation, you know, I give myself a little grace as being a human being. We don't always react well when things aren't going the way we want them to. Uh, But I try to learn from whatever the situation was and figure out a way to you know to do better next time, um, sometimes I have to have a talk with myself because you know everything's going poorly, but i've still got work i've got to get done and and sometimes you I have to just you know look at myself in the mirror and say, "Okay, Laura, get back to work yeah this is this sucks whatever this situation is sucks, but it's time to get get the work done, and then you can have your breakdown later <laughs> i, I I remind myself often when I'm struggling with what I think is a horrible situation or um, you know whatever it might be, I try to take a step back and say, okay, you've, you've been here before. You've gone through difficult things before and you made it through. It feels like this is going to kill you, but it won't. And so remember those that time that this other thing happened that was so hard and you were able to overcome it and get done. You can do it again this time. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I think it's important. We feel like sometimes that we're facing something that I can't do this. I can't deal with this or I can't get this thing done that that I'm supposed to do. And we don't give ourselves credit for the fact that we've we've accomplished things in the p- past that were just as difficult or we've been through difficult situations and we got through the other side. And mm. so reminding ourselves of that, I think, is important. And sometimes you just have to give yourself permission to walk away, get some rest, and try again the next day. Mm. Yeah, absolutely.
2: And, and so to the last question, what about those days where you've, felt like you've had the chance to live more. And as I said earlier, that's where I say it's about getting to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What do those days look like for you?
0: I think those are the days when I have, I feel like at at the end of the day, I can look back and say, I took care of business today. I got the things done that I know needed to get done. I kept my promises to myself and to other people And usually, those days um, are days that I have also connected in some way with people who are important to me. Um, Usually, when I feel really good about a day, it's because I feel like I've made the world a little better for someone. Uh, And I say the world, it may be just inside my own house, but for me, a, a day that I've um, had a chance to, as as you put it, live more. Um, usually it's because I feel like I was the kind of person I wanted to be that day. And maybe, you know, maybe it included having time to sit with a cup of tea because I like tea, even though I'm not British, um, <laughs> uh, a cup of tea and a good book and, and, and read something and relax and enjoy the world around me or sometimes it's because I just knocked out a whole bunch of things off my to-do list but either way it usually is my attitude about it that makes the difference mm. it makes mm. sense what's going on in my own head uh, matters probably more than the situation or the circumstances of the day and I know that mm. that sounds kind of rambly but it's, no. it's
2: yeah, absolutely get that. And I think, you know, we, we haven't mentioned, we started the uh, before we came on the call, just um, catching up a bit on the current um, situation. Uh, we're recording this at the beginning of, you no, know, right at the end of April, and it'll likely be going out at the end of May. And we were just reflecting on how things are in the world at the moment. And I think uh, the comments you've just made about, you know, it's how you feel about situations, I think is just so important for all of us Uh, at the moment and obviously you know some people are in just terrible situations and that takes a a massive lot of effort to sort of think positively about that but you know just even being you know unable to go out those of us who work from home normally it's you know it's quite a normal situation I'm not used to normally having the rest of the family here Um, but you know it's about finding those sort of small things those things that you can enjoy and 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 be grateful for regardless of you know whatever else is going on isn't it yeah
0: and it's not i I think gratitude is so important and it doesn't mean um, dismissing or pretending that tough things aren't happening Mm. it's not even about pretending that you don't feel lousy about what's happening but making a choice to look for something to be grateful for because i really do believe that in any situation, there is something there if you look for it. There is something there to be grateful for, mm. and uh, for me personally, looking for that makes a huge difference. I, as I've said, as a lawyer by training, I, I part of my job is to look for what can go wrong and uh, figure out a way to, you know, avoid it or or deal with. The things that can go wrong. And so my inclination, maybe by nature and by training, is to look for what's wrong to try to fix it. I have to intentionally look for what's good, look for something to be thankful for. And when I do that, my day, my life, my world is much, much better. Mm, mm, Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. It's been so lovely
2: interviewing you, especially as I hoped for years to invite you on the podcast and, and didn't actually ask you. And it's a good lesson in just asking because you're here now. Well, it's been so much fun talking with you. I'm honoured that you asked. <laughs> and So tell people how they can find more about, out more about you and get in touch with you.
0: Well, I think the easiest place to go would be to the the website for the podcast, and that's at theproductivewoman.com. And there's a, a contact page there where, that you can click on to send me a message. There's, you know, buttons to connect with me on social media and via email and different things like that. But probably the fastest way, way that I can say is just go to that website and you'll, you'll find out, little bit more about who I am, maybe more than you want to know, and, uh, and also how you can get in touch with me. And I love hearing from people. It's uh, one of the best things about that podcast is the, the opportunities it's given me to connect with people all over the world and um, make new friends, which I just love. Lovely. Thanks, Laura. Thank you.
2: All this information is available in the show notes. If you go to to powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 160, then you'll be able to find them there. And this week, I just want to mention Zoom. I did a training session last Friday for a local Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development group in Kent, talking about how we use Zoom, and we had a bit of a collaborative learning session where we talked about the technology, but also about some of the ways that you can interact with people and engage people in an online session. And it prompted me to then get some training up onto my membership site, Power To Live More Calm, which is a series of videos uh, showing you how to use Zoom. I guess I could have done that early on in the lockdown, but I've done it now. Uh, so many people are using it. I had a an email from a, a neighbor the other day telling me that she was about to attempt to Zoom with some friends today, so she was a bit apprehensive about that. She's in her 70s and had never done it before, so uh, amazing how many people are, are using these online tools that, that haven't in the past. And the other thing I've added to the membership site this week is a, a planner all around content marketing, so a uh, download to be able to work through all the sorts of... Um, analysis and, and the, the work and thoughts that you put that you put into creating a content marketing plan. And I'm also just working on a productivity and time management planner to add to the site this week as well. I've got loads of content to, to go up there. And it's been interesting that uh, we're in, I think, I don't know, week 10 or something of being in isolation. Uh, and I finally feel that I'm starting to get on top of some of the stuff that I've been doing it's been a hectic few weeks so I'm hoping to get a lot more content onto the membership site uh, in the coming weeks so I'll keep you posted on what those things are as well if you are interested in joining the site I've actually set up a, a special discount code for podcast members so basically if you go to power to live more Calm, No, powertolivemore.com forward slash get calm, powertolivemore.com forward slash get calm and use the discount code podcast, then you get the first month for a pound before it goes to the £37 a month that it is when you're a gold member so that's the membership site and also just to remind you that canterpoint networking is back on monday we didn't have one this week because it was a bank holiday uh, which confused a few people i'm not sure people really know what day of the week it is at the moment so it's on monday the first of june and we've changed the format slightly it's, it's just for an hour from two till three and i'll be hanging around until four o'clock for anyone who wants to carry on the conversation and spend a bit longer but we're going to keep the main bulk of the meeting between two and three every monday afternoon so you can get more information and register for that or rather rsvp as it's called on the site by going to counterpointnetworking.co.uk and the one for next week's show is counterpointnetworking.co.uk forward slash two zero zero six zero one Again, the show notes for this week's show are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 160. And we look forward to speaking to you next week.
1: Use your power to live more.